Hello, ladies. The Big Balboski here. And right now, you're listening to the Matt Madness Podcast. They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, they talking all of this Hello everybody and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Ron Pashery, and with me this week are my good friends, Mr. Sexy Punakana, then now forever, All Systems Joe, CK and Joe Rodermill. Sexing up your life one, one show at a time. Every, uh, every Wednesday I sit next to you, that's exactly what you do. I, I, I know you can feel it. <laughs> And Mr. Wednesday Night Live, we call him Alo. The ladies call him Balo, Aaron Lloyd. We have a fast lane review show. Real quick before we get to that. First, subscribe on iTunes and leave a five-star rating and review if you haven't already done so. Secondly, I saw something on Twitter over the weekend. Some dirt sheet posting about Hulk Hogan's future. What the hell are we talking about Hulk Hogan's future for in 2019? He should not have a future in wrestling. He honestly shouldn't even have a present. Who cares? It doesn't matter. Hogan, you were great for what you did in the 80s. You were great for what you did in the mid-90s with the NWO. But at this point, does anybody care? Joseph, I know you're the biggest Hogan fan out of the group. Well, of us. I mean, Do you care if, you, if he shows up? I do. I like to see him make appearances. I mean, I don't want him in there fighting. I don't need him. To, I don't need to see any matches with him. Um, but I mean, it's always just nostalgic for me whenever he pops up. So you still you still get some enjoyment when he I still shows get a up. feeling. I still I still feel that music. All right, Alo, how about you? Yeah, uh, anytime I hear the music, doesn't matter which one, whether it's Voodoo Child or Real Real American. <laughs> if it's Real American, I'm just. You know, shaking and pointing my hand in the air. If it's voodoo trial, I'm just doing the air guitar. But that's all I care about at this point. He can, after that, he can go to hell home. So I'm the only dickhead then. That's like, <laughs> let's, let's forget about it. Just get over it. Yeah. Just get over it. I mean, that's like comparison to like any kind of legend you have in sports. Um, you don't want to see him out there taking a bats or, or on the ice or – you don't want to see Randy Moss back out there because right. he'll get murdered. But you always like to see what kind of contributions they have to the sport in their elder ages. Yeah, like I loved Mike Schmidt more than anybody. I don't need to see him step into the batter's box anymore. Nah. <laughs> but it's fun to hear him uh, give give some advice and pointers to, about Bryce too. So you, You're right. Okay. Dr. J, same thing. I don't need to see him play, but I do like <laughs> when I get a chance to hear Dr. J speak or when he pops up. So all right. Maybe I'm being a yeah, little too th- hard on, on yeah, Hulk Hogan. Same, same, thing, with, same thing with me and Kobe. <laughs> and, and Shaq. Well, Kobe's going to be on Ridiculousness this week. Oh, I'd be... Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh. S- sitting next so, to the Chanel West Coast? Yeah, a reason to tune in. <laughs> oh, interesting. I can't imagine how good Kobe would be on a show like that, but I guess we'll find out. See, if Kobe, the Mamba see, mentality works on Ridiculousness. This is our uh, episode. This is this is our clip. We're gonna cut to. It's called cheating. <laughs> I would love Rob Dude. Kobe's a different character. Yeah, Kobe's a different kind of guy. Like he has to, like later in his career, you, you learn, you you saw all of his personality. Like as he started to go out and stuff. I want to actually tune in to watch that. Yeah, I don't know what night it even comes on anymore, but sometime this week it'll be on. I usually catch a first thing, ridiculousness, first thing Saturday morning. Wake up, there's nothing really on TV. I'll pop on a couple episodes. <laughs> well, yeah, you guys let me know how Kobe does on there. Because not every guest is entertaining on there. Some of them really drag the show down. Hopefully, Kobe's not one of them. Yeah, and, um, yeah, and I'll let you know how Carmella does on Wild and Out soon. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Keep me posted on that. Because I definitely want to know from first Is Nick game. Cannon wearing his turban still? Is that a thing? I hope not. <laughs> I, I respect his, I respect his hustle, but he's terrible at everything. But I, I respect his hustle because he he really be out here. But he's terrible. Oh, he's putting in. Uh, he's showing up a lot of places, but he's not doing good work anywhere he is. <laughs> Sounds like a lot of wrestlers we know. It, it does. Uh, so fast lane. <laughs> We're gonna give our ratings and our thoughts. Alo. Would you like to give the rating system, or is there someone else you'd like to have do it? 
Well, as we know, Fink isn't doing real well, guys, but he took time out of his busy mm. rest to actually speak with us. So here it is, everybody. Can you dig it, dig it sucker? The following podcast has a rating system in place. If it's a horrible show, it gets a jobber. If the show falls somewhere in the middle, it gets a slower knocker. And if it is an amazing show, it gets the rating of ratings. It will get a showstopper. Thank you, Howard. <laughs> As always, Fink, thank you very much. Joseph, what is your rating? for Fastlane and just any thoughts you may have on it as, a, as an overall show. She wasn't a showstopper, um, but it wasn't a jobber. I'd probably go co-middle um, slobber knocker. I'll be up there mid-range. Probably a, a 6 out of a 10. Mm-hmm. Some highs, some lows. A um, couple matches really made it for me. And then some of them were kind of predictable. Yeah, uh, you could say that. Alo, how about you? Yeah, I'm going to give it a slobber knocker, but it was real close to a high slobber knocker. But the reason I didn't give it that it was yeah, because everything on the show was throwaway. But but I thought like the match quality was great. For yeah. a show that I had no desire to watch, I thought all the matches were really good. And like I mentioned last week about how they need to let Alistair Black and Ricochet like showcase themselves, and that tag match could be like, good if they gave him the opportunity to and they actually did i thought that they did great story time with the miz and shane against the usos even uh the kofi kingston thing we'll get to that later um the triple threat with mustafa ali in, being included at the last minute was great i thought kevin owens working in the ring as a face by himself was really fun to watch and uh um sasha and bailey uh, like the, the progression of them as a team they actually have like double team moves now i thought that was really fun to watch but yeah i, I thought this show like really overachieved me in ring perspective, yeah, and then there were, were a couple matches. of stinkers that then need to be there. <laughs> oh, by the way, in the U.S. the U.S. title match, fantastic. Yeah, it was. What were we going to say, Joseph? No, I, saw, I was agreeing with him. I said there's definitely some um, some high paced matches, some some more quality matches than I thought. Um, going into the pay per view, kind of kept me kept me in, intrigued, and which is kind of just a throwaway pay per view. Yeah, I mean, my first comment is. Why is a throwaway pay-per-view almost four hours long? Like, <laughs> literally nothing unpredictable happened. I'm pretty sure as a group, we unanimously picked the winner correctly to every single match. And we didn't have any arguments about it either. We, never, we, were, we were like, oh, well, I don't know. No. We were all like, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah we that. all knew exactly what was going to happen. Why is it four hours long? What I will say, though, is the matches were good. The work was good. Uh, Alo mentioned the Kofi Kingston thing. I did like that they actually added some story into it, which we usually don't see. So I could appreciate that. Um, I did like that Mustafa Ali got brought in, except the crowd is so amped up for Kofi. Nobody was like excited to yeah, see watch Mustafa that, Ali. Watch that a little bit. No, but see, but see, I like that though because that's actually that's actually feeding more into the Kofi hype. So I did like that. But we'll get to that a bit later too. I just felt like he came out, and I was like, wow, nobody cares. <laughs> I mean, you say the same thing about the match in general because they were kind of chanting for Kofi instead of a Daniel Bryan booing him or for Kevin Owens, who was playing a good face face yeah. role here, and, and Mustafa Ali, who would probably get the sympathy card most of the time. It was all Kofi. Yeah. So i go slobber knocker. But, yeah, it wasn't like a great show with, like, high stakes. But, like I said, I'll never take anything away from – the guys and girls that are in the ring trying to entertain us. So, slobber knocker across the board. Do you guys want to start off with the WWE Championship match and picture, or would you rather start with the women who have been pretty much the biggest story for the past few months? Uh, might as well start with the women. All right. So... The crowd not a big fan of the Becky injury angle during the match. I believe we got this is boring chance during. Obviously Becky wrestling on one leg. And then Ronda comes out and just ends the match immediately at disqualification. Pretty much gets what she wants getting Becky. Becky in there. Yes. So a couple thoughts I have here on this, and you guys obviously can share yours. One, 
it is if that was Stone Cold Steve Austin in 1998 wrestling on one leg, the crowd would have been eating up everything he did. And that did not happen on this evening. Did this set up, though, a situation for Ronda where she's now in a position of be careful what you wish for? Like, you could have just had a one-on-one with Charlotte. You now made sure Becky was inserted into it, and Becky may be the one that that dethrones you. So did either of you think that this was a good match? Good match, no. Uh, Move the story forward in a quality way, yes. Um, and again, it was kind of um, amplified or kind of made even more so that uh, when you follow up with her, um, Becky Lynch's storyline the following night when she tells you her reasoning why um, she kind of let Ronda Rousey play into her trap. It was kind of intriguing in that sense. Quality match, no. I mean, again, you have two of probably the top performers um, when you look at Becky and Charlotte that there is out there right now in the women's division and you have high expectations for a match like this. And some of the other matches, like you said, really delivered in this pay-per-view. This one was kind of slow because of the injury, injury angle, but did play the whole triple threat, which we called, like, I don't know how many months ago <laughs> was going to take place. Called that. Here it is. Yeah. Alo. Yeah, I agree with what Joey said about was it a good match? No, but did it move stuff forward? Yes. But remember last week I mentioned that I w- – we already knew that Ronda was interfering in this match more, more, more than likely. And I said last week that I would have preferred if she didn't show up on Raw at all and this match still been for the title, then she interferes in this match on Sunday and just takes her title and beat both up and leave or whatever. And now set up the triple threat match to be announced on Monday night. But I like what Ronda did do because she knew exactly what she was doing. So after she did it, she just went to the corner and, was like, and just started with that evil, that evil little smirk on her face. So I, I did enjoy that aspect of it. So did you then think it was at least effective as far as from an angle perspective? Well, it's hard. It's like, like you said, like nobody was buying that whole Becky injury angle thing. That took away a lot of a lot of her like a lot of her popularity because it was the same thing for essentially almost a month. And you had Charlotte trying to carry Charlotte trying to carry it and garner the heat, which she actually did. But Becky, all Becky did was just show up through the crowd for three or four weeks straight and What's that going to do at, at this point? It's the same. It's the same thing. It's not like the Austin thing. Like I said, weeks go week the week in the weeks past that he he found creative ways to get into the arena. Becky's walking in on a crutch down every <laughs> aisle to the <laughs> ring unattended, and so it's like what the hell? Like she just they did it for weeks. So, but like so like like Joey said like and also the Ronda Rousey heel turn. I'm, I'm sure we'll get into that in a minute, but I think this this, this is actually like really great. Yeah, I mean, there's different ways to play it. They could have played it a little better for Becky Lynch to make her look a little more, I don't know. I, I understand it, but, again, they could have done better with it. I mean, the whole Ronda thing, you can always get more heat on Ronda, although she, she already has a lot of heat. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm kind of feeling the sting with Ronda right now. <laughs> a couple segments that they posted, the one with TMZ, where she, I know we're in the era where we do live shoots, and especially yeah. more entertaining, calling wrestling fake. Took me back to the days when Pat Flanagan and I would argue <laughs> about the validity of the wrestling. Pat Flanagan. Well, reference we, we always argue Batman. all the time over our wrestling magazines. He'd tell me it's fake because he was years, a couple years older yeah. than me. And I'd say, it's not fake. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of wanted to yell around him, but I know she's playing a character. I got a little heated. Yeah, they like are trying to make us think that this is real. Yeah. And unfortunately, there are some people in the community that believe she is really tearing down the business and not realizing that this is written for her and they want her to do this. I guess for me, I I can appreciate the attempt with what they're trying to do with Rhonda. But she's just like not she's not good at talking on the microphone and she's doing it way too much and to me it it really takes a lot out of it for me. Like cuz when I watch her I'm cringing most what? of the time. Well, she wasn't the worst one on the microphone this past Monday Night on Raw because that was Dana Brooke. I was like, oh, my God, this is terrible. (laughs) Well, so I'll give Dana a pass because it's maybe the first time she's talked in 2019. (laughs) (laughs) She forgot how to do it. Ronda's talking every week for like five, six minutes. Yeah, because like when Dana Brooke comes out to do stuff like that, you know, she usually makes it work, you know, because she knows she knows her role and it usually works. But this one, I'm like, oh my God, this is terrible. Yeah, she's a little rusty. It was not good. At all. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't good at all. But um, another thing about the whole shoot thing on her, was her YouTube channel was a TMZ or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I, I kind of wish they acknowledged it on TV. You know, even though she, even though her promo did reflect a lot of that on Monday, I just think a lot of times they have all these social media platforms and they don't they don't always use them so you can actually see it and hear it. So because like I guarantee you, like of, of course the Smarks saw saw the interview or whatever, but the casual fans in the arena, all the kids, they might not have saw it, seen it in the arena, and I think that would have benefited benefited. Ronda as a heel because I did think that she interview was really good uh, and like it got people balled up she exposed the business the best part might have been the memes all week because <laughs> they were fantastic uh, like one of my favorite ones was Kane's not from hell and he's not a demon or something like that get out Dodge Finn, Steve uh, Williams was, he's not even a doctor yeah, yeah. Uh, Isaac Yankum, not, not a doctor. Yeah, Ben Ballas, not a demon. It's just pain. Like it was, it was great. <laughs> like it, it, it was great. But yeah, I, I really did enjoy that, and uh, I wish they actually showed that on television. They, they got around to it on Monday a little bit, but I think like that can actually get a genuine, real heat. And at this point, everybody's been waiting to boo her anyway because. The, it took longer than I expected, but the crowd did turn on her eventually. It was getting some real heat from me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like a lot of what has made the Charlotte and Becky stuff as important as it is, is the stuff that has happened off of TV. So, like, why not bring it into it? Because it is a big part of this whole feud. Like, they... You know, we had, I believe, the, the Dave Meltzer report last week that they've, like, worked themselves into a shoot that, like, Ronda really does hate her. And, like, who knows if that's true. But I feel like that's part of it. They should let it be really a part of it. But Vince wants to have his cake and eat it, too, I guess, where he could say, go out there and, and trash the business. That'll get people really mad. But he doesn't want to come on the show and say that. Yeah, he doesn't want to sully his product. It's got to be secondary. Cause... Right. Like, on one hand, he wants to act like this isn't pro wrestling. But then on the show, he doesn't want to, like, insult pro wrestling. It's like, pick a, pick a side. Yeah. And and do that. Don't don't be back and forth with it. Well, that's his kind of way of being out, out, out without justifying it. You know what I mean? I never said she'd say that. And is there anything I'm missing right now as to why Charlotte belongs in this? Because she feels to me very much like she really doesn't have a role here. And again, it could be they, me just being too harsh, like I was with Hogan, but I just feel like she I, doesn't belong. I wouldn't say as harsh as Hogan, but again, we know where you stand from the get-go with this, is you wanted to see the clean... And again, this is the way we've grown up with the WrestleMania matches. We were always led to believe it's going to be a one-on-one singles match for for the mo- most part. I mean, a few matches aside, and I think you've kind of been geared for that, and you're trying to figure out why Charlotte fits. Um, mainly, I think it was to play up the angle that Charlotte's the corporate Vince's girl, and Becky is not listening, not following protocol, and they're going to screw her as much as possible. Kind of the, the old Daniel Bryan angle. The old Stone Cold angle. We know Vince likes to recycle his uh, popular storylines. Yeah, like for me personally, what I think would have been the most effective thing to do, and again, this is me as a fan, and I know I can't always get what I want, and that's fine. What I would have found the most enjoyable would have been if this match at Fastlane was for the spot at WrestleMania, not just Becky. Like if the, if the spot itself or both of them was on the line in that match... That would have given us something to like look forward to on that pay-per-view that whoever wins that match is going to get the WrestleMania match. Alo, I don't know. Do you, do you agree with me or disagree? Yeah, I agree because like, like I said about the whole match on Sunday and where Ronda shouldn't have showed up at all, that would have made more sense because it was Becky's spot to begin with. But the fact that Charlotte – would still be in the match. I actually got her more heat, but she didn't really have a place in this. Like they, they shoehorned her in. Yeah, as, much. as uh, we've been saying. And uh, well, because you were saying before it, that the original match they wanted was Charlotte and Ronda, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they had to switch it because Becky got hurt. So they kind of, they kind of rewarding both women for it because Becky's worked herself in, into it. But like I said, when Becky was gone, that was Charlotte's time to like really insert herself into it. But it didn't really work that well without Becky on television at all. 
Yeah, I mean... And I like what you were saying, too, with that. The, I mean, it could have played out that the winner goes on. Um, I mean, my only detraction from the whole triple threat, the whole way they played it, is the fact that... And this kind of maybe downplays the Royal Rumble from now on, because you win the Royal Rumble, you're in the main event, and they've kind of taken that away. Like, oh, you're not in the main event, you have to win this. <laughs> you're not in the main event because you didn't do this. Right, like... It's supposed to be the grand not. prize. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, she's in there, but like she said... I had to earn this match twice. You know, I earned it with winning the Royal Rumble. I earned it by winning, or maybe like Charlotte tried to say you got a handout, which was one of the funny things to me. That uh, she said he, yeah, she said you got a handout when she was the one who clearly benefited from being given something she didn't earn. Yeah, I mean, why do you think you're in here? You've been handed this. To me, that's the most effective thing they've done with Charlotte the last few weeks was her saying that knowing you're the one who got the handout um but like shifting gears a little bit from one person who had gotten screwed on the road to wrestlemania to another one on the men's side kofi kingston obviously the new day has really been playing up the angle of kofi deserving it kofi has had a great run for like the last month um vince Tells him, you know, you're going to get a shot and it's going to be a triple threat match tonight. Only to put Mustafa Ali in the triple threat match and put Kofi in a handicap match with the bar. The New Day confronted Vince this week. Like I said, I appreciated that that they made this story part of Fastlane. I appreciate how much they're like really leaning into this. Like the fans want Kofi. We're going to do everything to make them think we're overlooking him. As much as I have hated Vince lately, and you guys know how irritated I've been with him, I really liked that segment he did with The New Day. And I don't know if either of you remember this, how much I used to talk about the segment The New Day did with John Cena when he said they need to get more serious. And I just always have that lasting image of them dragging a lifeless Dolph Ziggler out from the back and Xavier on the microphone saying something to the effect of, is this serious enough for you, John? And I was like, oh, my God, if these guys became evil, and like it would be great. So they aren't evil, obviously, but we're seeing them very serious. More serious right side of more. And I think all of them have been excellent. I thought Xavier was great, as always. I loved Big E on the mic this week. And I really liked what Kofi said, like even saying, I'm not even asking you to put me in the match. Just tell me what I have to do to get there. And I really liked it. So, Alo, are you as high on this as I am right now? Yeah, it's a really good story. And Prep said this a while back that they kind of work themselves into something that they kind of have to just accept and embrace at this point. Because we go, yeah, I, I'm, we go, we can clearly say that Kofi's winning the title at WrestleMania. Somehow, some way, he's winning the title. We can all say that right now. And. Like you said, Biggie's performance, like he actually got loud with Vince. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was a really same thing with Woods, really, really good, really good segment. And like the kind of put it obstacles in Kofi's way. And then also the thing that makes it even more better is I talked about a, a long a few weeks ago about everybody has their everybody has their peak. Kobe Kofi's been there for eleven years. He made it peaked. He's peaked a, a few times because his his ceiling has always been the U.S. IC or tag team champions. That, that's always been Kofi's peak. But 11 years later, he's getting an opportunity to become WWE champion, and the crowd actually getting behind it. And like, like I said, that they this is just something that they have to embrace now because the crowd's actually behind it. And then he, he's like, like the crowd's actually taking over shows, chanting for Kofi Kingston. Yeah, hashtag Kofi Mania. I know has been like a big thing I've seen on Twitter. Um, and yeah, the fact, like I said, I appreciate the fact that they haven't. Let it go. So anybody who's, like, upset about it, the fact that they keep making this a big deal, like Kofi's not getting what we think he deserves, tells us he's ultimately going to get what we think he deserves. Joey, what? so one of the things that happened is the New Day became arguably the biggest thing in WWE for a few years. Yeah, and they were... A few years ago. Selling the most merch. They had all this different crazy merch. Like, they were being Zero boxes. out all the time. Yeah. What did you think about Vince saying to Kofi, you're going to be in the Hall of Fame one day, but you're going to be in there as part of the New Day, not as just Kofi Kingston. I thought in a way he kind of kind of was doing a real-life shoot there. I mean, it's kind of the way it probably will be viewed as, as his career. I mean, 
you look at his angle, first thing you think about is 11 years, and he's never had a legitimate title shot. It's kind of like eye-opening. You don't really think about it, uh, but it's true. Um, that's a shame on WWE for never really pushing him in that, in that direction because he's an amazing in-the-ring talent. He obviously has some mic skills. Um, he's just always been that guy that's, again, like he like like my colleague over here said, he, <laughs> he has a ceiling, and he's hit it a couple times, and then they repackage him some other way. Um, it's great to see him in this kind of picture now. Um, I mean, my only gripe I would say with the story angle now is it, it is very reminiscent from what we're seeing with Becky Lynch as well, though. Yes. So when the crowd wants in, someone Vince is going to screw over, and he's going to have to work his way to get back in. It's the same storyline, just with one with the men's, one with the women. And the next thing I'll ask you, and then Alo, you could answer to this too. I really enjoyed Vince saying, I was speaking backstage to someone about you, Kofi, and I was speaking to Daniel Bryan, and he said, Kofi's B plus. amazing, but he's just a B-plus player. And, like, how interesting is that? Apropos. Yeah, that, like, that was Daniel. It's, it's almost like you see this happen in real life too, where somebody is, like, on the lower level, down in the trenches – and hating the man above them or whatever, and then they get like promoted yeah. or they get elevated in some way, and all of a sudden they forget where they came from. Daniel Bryan is the new Daniel Bryan now, and now he has forgotten where he came from, <laughs> and he's doing the same thing to Kofi that yeah. was done to he him. Stopped, he stopped being a crowd pleaser and just decided to put his head down and do what he had to do. Yeah. And Alo, now he's oh. on the other end. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Alo, do you, do you like that little tidbit in the story? Yeah, because... Like you said, damn, that was Daniel Bryan. You forgot who, where you came from. So the whole double standard thing that always works in wrestling, and also the whole um, the whole misvalued thing, all storyline also works because there's a ton of people that are misvalued on the roster that been there for years, never got their opportunity, and we want to see them shine. And that storyline will always work in wrestling. So I don't have a problem with this at all. And in the fact that it's Daniel Bryan makes it even more perfect because that was Daniel Bryan. Right, like they've given him like a really good heel story that's like part of his original story that made so many people fall in love with him in the first place. The other thing I really enjoy about this is, and again, we've discussed this, how Xavier said, I believe on the Jericho podcast or the Jericho talk show, like one of the main motivations of the New Day was to get Kofi a world title. And they said this in like 2014 or 15. And it's almost like that is now coming to life. Yeah, coming to fruition. Like Vince is part of it. And and you have to think that Vince, in real life, appreciates all of the merchandise that New Day has moved. A ton of All of the entertainment they've given. Like all the different creative things that they've done. All the crotch pancakes they've given. (laughs) Yeah, that's a lot. Like the trombone. They've done a lot of things that were like the biggest thing in wrestling at the time. Like the thing everybody loved. Unique. And so I like the fact that it's being acknowledged. It's almost like Vince doing the opposite of what he probably feels in real life. Like, you guys have done all this. You deserve to be put in this spot. And, yeah, is there any way, do either of you think, and Alo, you can answer first, is there any chance that Kofi doesn't end up with a world title after this? If they want to swerve us and have the rest of the New Day turn on him, but I think... I think Kofi's going to end up winning the title, but my only problem with that stuff is, like, I hate, I hate, like, everybody gets all excited when somebody wins the title that's been earned it, earned it for years, but the one thing I always hate is they always know when their expiration date as champion is. Yeah. That's, that's my only thing that I don't really care for, and we have to, we have to wonder and assume how long Kofi's expiration date will be. Yeah. Uh, he, I mean, he does deserve it. I would love to see it. I know it would make all of us happy. I know it would make Eck and Prep happy. I know it would make the WWE Universe happy, clearly. I'm very much... This is one of very few things I'm really like looking forward to, to seeing that moment. Um, I know we all are in agreement that the triple threat match was really good for the WWE Championship. For me, match of the night. That's just from my, my, my perspective. What did you think, Alo? Match of the night for you or no? Uh, I'm going to go with the U.S. title match. I think this was a match of the night for me only because, one, it was a lot of fun to see Kevin Owens back, like, in a prominent position. And I thought even though Ali didn't get the reaction when he came out, 
I mean, he performed he put incredibly. On the show. Yeah, he put on the on, show. On that, like, probably the biggest platform he's ever had in his career. Yeah, the 054 on the apron. <laughs> I was like, oh, I, was like, oh I, I, I really popped for that. Like, oh, my God. He really did that. Some good spots. It's great to see Kevin Owens up back out there again. A little different of a role that we're used to with Kevin Owens, but still a, a tremendous match from all three. Yeah. And now we have something to look forward to on Tuesday. The gauntlet match where Kofi, to earn his opportunity, has to go through who? Uh, Joe? Yep. Orton, mm-hmm. the bar, yep, and someone else. I'm forgetting, right? Oh, Rowan. <laughs> uh, Rowan. Yes, Rowan. So that is almost like I'm not going to say equivalent because it's not, but this is almost like Kofi's opening match with Triple H that Daniel Bryan had at WrestleMania 30. Like this is his <laughs> big, big hurdle that he has to overcome to get to where we all hope he gets to. I have a feeling the New Day might play some uh, roles in this. <laughs> I think so, too. Um, you think AJ plays a role with Randy Orton? I'm sure that he does. I would not be shocked at all. Uh, the Shield versus the Holy Triumvirate of Baron Corbin, Drew <laughs> Galloway, and Bob. Bob. I like seeing the Shield together, as we discussed last week. I did think that the match was good, and I thought it was entertaining, but it just, they're hailing it as like this was the last time. Which makes you think they're not. Yeah. I, I don't. I mean, because to me, I, I want the Shield to play a role right up until Seth wins the title at WrestleMania. Did you enjoy this, and do you think that they're going to be together through WrestleMania? I did enjoy it. Um, it was good for what it was worth. Uh, again... It's hard to kind of look at Corbin as as, as a main character. I mean, I, I like what he does. He's a good role player. Talk about like a B player. Mm-hmm. Um, Lashley or Bob. Mm-hmm. No one's really got behind, and he's never given a reason to. I, I, I do have big expectations for Galloway. But um, <laughs> this match overall was, was entertaining. Again, good to see the shield back in there. I do think... Just the way they beat it over your head with the last time, this is the last time, the farewell speech, um, that this isn't the last time we're going to see the Shield together. Yeah, and we saw Dean come to to Roman's aid on Monday night. Alo is someone who was less excited than most about seeing the Shield reunited. Did this do anything for you on Sunday night, and like, where do you see it going for the next month? Well, I thought it was a good send off because they did all they hit you with all the nostalgia of the shield. Um, I well, they acknowledged on on Raw that Ambrose's contract expires; he's not renewing it. So they did acknowledge that. But like you said, it's like will it be the last time or will it not be the last time? So it's 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 whatever. And like I said, they they hoard they hoard the shield out the shield out. <laughs> for the last couple of years, for, for, for the last couple of years, they, against the same against the same three guys too. Yeah, they won the shield out, yeah. shield out, but I like I, I could see him running through WrestleMania. I kind of feel like that's almost what they have to do, but obviously yeah, they yeah. they really don't ever have to do anything. They just kind of do what they what they want to do. Yeah, and then like also like I th- I'm thinking about like the send off they they might have like maybe. They end. Up, they do help, end up help, helping Seth beat Brock at WrestleMania. That's also a possibility. But I don't know. I I, I do have something else that would be kind of cool because I talked about a few weeks ago how Vince just doing this stuff has to mean something. So I had this thought: What if like Vince comes out during the Brock Rollins match in the middle of the match? He said, basically says best basically says. This is boring me. Uh, <laughs> this match needs Roman Reigns. You know, he just comes in and wins the title. Himself. Like, I think that'd be cool because, like, him just doing this all the time has to kind of mean something. Vince, at some point, Vince would one hundred percent win me back if he came out during <laughs> the main event of WrestleMania to the ire of the entire IWC. You know what? Let's put Roman in the main event. I would <laughs> love that if that happened. Oh my god, that that crowd that's all cheering for him now would not be happy at all. 
if that happened. Now, that just leads me to a question, and you guys can answer however you want. Um, you guys seem to think that Kofi's going to win the title. Do you think Seth's going to win the title? I, I mean, do I, think I, so, I don't yeah. think, personally, that they would have both of them win the title. They're going to have one main guy win the title, and that's going to be... And that's just my thought. That's that's going to be what they want to sell. I mean, it's a good way to look at it, and it's hard to see them not doing that. I just feel like they can't continue dragging this out with Brock. But by the same token, I think I said a couple weeks ago on the show that like that is my big fear, that we come out of WrestleMania and he's just still the universal champion. Uh, I don't know. Alo, do you think those two guys are the champions of each show, Rollins and Kofi, or do you find that almost like... Eh, are they really going to do that? I'm sure about Kofi, the whole Rollins thing. I don't know anymore when it comes to Brock. Like I, I honestly don't know. Like He's not a draw, like we always say. Who cares, like we always say. And it's like, whatever. It's like, I, I, I don't understand what the whole appeal to him is. I know a lot of the old-timers love how they book Brock and how he's not there and, and stuff like that. But at the, in 2019... It's not working anymore. Yeah. So women's tag team championship match, the Boston Hug Connection versus Nia and Tamina. Obviously, the Boston Hug Connection retained. Maybe the biggest thing that came out of it, I think this even overshadowed the titles, was Beth Phoenix getting involved. And I don't know. Well, does this mean is she going to have a singles match at WrestleMania? Well, it seems like they're they're gearing up uh, Natalie and um, Beth Phoenix versus Nia and Tamina. That's the way I kind of yeah. see it playing out. Yeah, I think it's going to end up being a fatal four way for the tag titles because the Iconics called out the Boss of Hulk Connection. Oh, but uh, uh, I don't know if you caught the clip or the pre-show. Um, the Iconics won the pre-show, running down everybody as they mm-hmm. always do, and um, they said Sasha. Somebody said to them, Sasha and Bailey is here. And it was like, are they? Really? It was great. And they, called, they, had a, they called a promo backstage on SmackDown. So, and then also backstage on Raw, after um, the, the fight with Natty, Beth, and Tamina, and, and Nia, the, Sasha and Billy did attack them in Gorilla. So you have to assume that they're setting up for a fatal four-way ta- match for the tag I'd titles. I'd almost rather have a one-on-one match for the tag titles, but... So would I. I honestly, when I saw Beth Phoenix get involved, I was feeling like I would love to just see Beth Phoenix versus Nia because hasn't Beth Phoenix talked about that a lot? Yeah, like they've had like standoffs and uh, I think the women's rumble, they had like a face-to-face or something yeah. like that. But it, it would be cool, but that's what I think is going to happen. Then there was a report that came out that said they, were, they may bring back former divas to boost up the tag division or whatever, but they don't, they don't need that. They have plenty of teams they can actually use. Yeah, I mean, look, Beth Phoenix, I feel like, was kind of at her peak at a time when my interest was, like, at its lowest. So I don't have the same kind of reverence for her that a lot of people do. But as someone who, like, respects these people, like, I think it's cool that she gets a chance to to come back and be on that stage at WrestleMania. Like, I I wasn't expecting that at all. BP wasn't doing it for you? I just didn't really care about wrestling as a whole. So, like, she just... That didn't really have any meaning to me, but like I didn't oh, see that coming at all. Oh, trust me, Pash, you missed some gems with Beth and Santino. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you I missed did. some gems. Well, you know she, I appreciate she, Santino. <laughs> it, it, she she's she's a great straight man. Oh, really? Yeah, she is a great straight person. <laughs> so good. Uh, men's tag team championship match for SmackDown. Like, not only did we predict every winner, we predicted, and we're not even really, I'm saying in, like, rarefied air here, we predicted that this would be the night that Shane turned, and he did. I actually thought they did a good job with it, though. I liked that it happened right in front of Mr. Mizanin. I loved the way Shane gripped Mr. Mizanin's face. They gave you, it happened in Cleveland, it gave you a lot of sympathy for The Miz, which you don't see very often. And I guess they finally have embraced that The Miz is a top baby face in WWE. <laughs> it, plays, it plays out better for his reality show. Yeah. Uh, Which is fantastic, by the way. Have you seen oh, it, Joey? Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, I have. So, <laughs> really, Pat, Pat, I'm, I'm not even joking. Like, I'm Miz not even like, it's not, 
<laughs> yeah, it's not even like it's not even like Crisly silliness. You have legit pop for this stuff. All right, I maybe not by next week, but definitely by the time Joey's back on the show again. So that's two weeks will go by. I will have watched at least one episode of. There's only one season right now, so you might as well, might as well binge it. Yeah. You yes. might as well binge it. So good. So good. I will have at least one episode to review the next time the three of us sit down together. Hold me so to good. that. Don't let me forget because I'll forget by the time I talk about the next thing. Uh, um, you, you, you'll love Maurice's mom. <laughs> She's excellent. And then a lot of stuff like you really wouldn't think this stuff is written because you could see Ms. and Maurice actually doing these things. Right. Um. Was the was the, the SmackDown tag match good? Like I honestly, I, it was like a blur to me. The only thing I really remember from it was Shane's turn at the end of it. Yeah, that's a good match, but nothing to write home about. Nothing to write home about. I mean, you have Shane doing some spots. He did the kind of um, coast to coast where he caught him uh, one of the Usos midair. Was kind of that fun. I do remember. Kind of fun. Um, anytime you got Miz in there, there was some some better at, obviously in reaction. Given that, but um, wasn't too much to it. Uh, it was a good good match overall, but it wasn't like wow, that was amazing. You said it a, played out the stories and kept the Usos fresh. Yeah, and what about the uh, Raw Tag Team Championship match? Revival. Oh, that was really good. Alpha yeah, Black that was an excellent. versus Gable and Rude. I excellent enjoyed match. it, but again, it felt very much like. Okay, <laughs> like it was over. It was like, all right. Do you feel like Alistair Black and Ricochet have made an impact with the crowd? For sure. Like I feel like they have. There's a reason they're still out there. There's a reason they still have them tagged together. I mean, these two, I guess, are primed for a good singles career. Um, right now they're fun packaged together. But, yeah, I think they've made enough of a impression. Alo, you agree with that? Yeah, I, I think I think so because, like I said last week, they had to kind of showcase those guys. I thought they did a great job showcasing them. This is the revival's best match, by the way, on the main roster in two and a half years. And I would like personally if they just had them like face marquee superstars and one on one matches on the roster to get themselves over that get themselves, get themselves over that way. Because at this point, like even though the champions, what's the tag team champs? They're not really a focal point of the show at all, but I, th- I think the crowd's coming around on them because they, they had a great show in, on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, it seems like they're starting to get more momentum um, coming from where the rival was in, in no man's land to where they're at now. Seems like they're having a little more momentum, so hopefully we we keep seeing that. And Ricochet maybe like more remember than... like oh go ahead yeah yeah like, like remember when Neville fought Rollins for the title and I got Neville over even more yeah. In his first few weeks on the main roster, some some a showcase like that would do both those guys wonders. I feel like Ricochet more than maybe any other guy is like built to wow the crowd that's in the arena. Like he's going to do two or three things that gets everybody up out of their seat or gets everybody excited. And while like that style itself, I always say like it's not enough for me. Like you have to have more to you than just doing cool moves or having a good match. I do think his style is like very pleasing to the eye and you can't really deny that. And I think the more he gets out there on raw on pay-per-views, the more people will just say like, I really enjoy watching this guy. Yeah. Like the Hardys. And I may be remembering this wrong. It obviously was a long time ago, but I really don't remember the Hardys when they first started to get big, having like a character. I don't remember there being, no. like, storytelling with the Hardys. They just went out there and were crazy every time they yeah. went out there, and, and you fell in love with did that. Did a lot of, like... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can see Ricochet being kind of along those lines, where he he's one of those very few people that wins you over solely by what you watch him do in the ring. And I don't think a lot of people are capable of that. I know. I think right now, too, if you look at it, Alistair Black's very unique to the card. I mean, he kind of gives you a CM Punk... Um, element that you kind of don't have right now, so he has he has a niche niche market as well. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, U.S. title match, Ayla. I know you said this was your match of the night. 
So if you have any thoughts you haven't expressed about it yet, I would love to hear them now. Yeah, well, you know how I feel about multi-person matches, but they're like train wrecks, but this was a perfect train wreck. You know, uh, everybody got this this stuff in, uh, even Carmella, my queen, out, <laughs> out there. Uh, out there was Zelina Vega. I thought Rey Mysterio in 2019 had a good show, and Samoa Joe looked like the, looked like the monster. R-Truth with his tribute to John Cena. Fantastic. Awesome. Maybe maybe the moment of the night. R-Truth looks strong in this match, too, which you, you, someone like R-Truth could bury it in a match like this with some of the talent, but he was strong, which is good. Yeah, Ron, Ron Killingsley. Yeah, and even a, <laughs> yeah, even a, even the way even the way Joe won, I thought was great because you thought Rey Mysterio had the match actually won. So I thought the way Joe won was perfect, and everybody everybody was able to be showcased. And they kept the title on Joe, which is a good move. Yeah, yeah, I thought they did a, they did a very good job of like I like uh, now this is probably just my mind thinking this, but like I love playing it out in my mind that they're like protecting our truth. <laughs> we don't want to have him take a pinfall we don't <laughs> so i like as I, as i see that match end i'm like that's how i'm gonna choose to they protected him yeah I'm, I'm gonna choose to see it this way we have to protect truth we can't have him take a loss so we have to have ray to eat the pinfall so so we don't need our truth he ate to the take the clutch yeah we're not burying truth <laughs> i buy that <laughs> i'm glad you guys bought it uh, last thing I have from the pay-per-view, what did you guys think of Elias running throughout the entire show? Some hits and misses. It was entertaining. Uh, he trashed Cleveland a lot, which is tough to do now after the NFL moves they've, they've made over the last couple of days. <laughs> oh, yeah, so, yeah. so he got him in now. He got him ahead of, ahead of yeah. the moves. <laughs> yeah, he did. He just snuck in before everything changed, like literally the next Drastically. Day. Yeah, the next time Elias is a concert, I need to go. <laughs> I know he had one. He had one last year in New Orleans during WrestleMania weekend. He does that again. I need to go. What did you say about Mrs. Dad's face? What did it? What did it resemble? Oh, I don't. Uh, know. I it was pretty good. I know. I forgot. I, God, I forgot what he said. I just watched it too. Um. Yeah. I like Joey said there were some hits and misses, but I I did like that they kept going back to him. Like because if you're not going to really give him a match, or if you're not going to give him something really to do. At least have him out there being the character that he is. Yeah, uh, I did. I confess, I did not watch the SmackDown Women's Championship match. You didn't miss anything. I didn't think I did. Uh, do we need that, to even address it? That didn't need to be there, or no. or Sonya versus Oscar on SmackDown because uh, they missed the spot on um, for for Sonya losing the match because they try to put it off as Mandy calls for the match, but they missed the spot for it. So it didn't, it didn't look good at all, and neither did that kick Oscar laid on Mandy on, on what that kick? Match. What kick? Oh God! <laughs> I felt that one. She mi- <laughs> she missed the one versus the other, and then the other one reacted to it. I was like, okay. Yeah i I couldn't even bring myself to to even look at it. As soon as I saw it, I just fast forwarded. To like nine minutes ahead, and I was beyond it, and I was like, All "Which right, is kind of yeah. a shame, like because we talked about it last week uh, at nauseum, is that Oscar's been kind of pushed to the background and getting limited TV time. Here's her opportunity, and we have that kind of match. It's not really helping her out at all, right? And like the match is what she needs. Like that's a big part of what makes her the way she is, and they're taking <coughs> that away from her too. Uh, a couple other things just to touch on from. WWE that I had in my notes. We officially have Kurt Kurt Angle's farewell match at WrestleMania. Any rumors as to who it's going to be against? No, I didn't say. And there's nothing like circulating out there of who it might be. Okay. Nope. And last thing, and a law kick this off with you because I know you'll want to talk about it more than anybody else. Uh, Paul and Dave had a war of words on Monday night. <laughs> Give me what I want. <laughs> I was legitimately laughing out loud that he kept saying, Give me what I want. Just give me what I want. Give me what I want. I was actually dying at that. <laughs> but the best part is him saying, No, Dave, I'm not going to give. The only thing I'm going to give you is like the beating of your life. And then he says, Give me what I want. I want, the, I want a match with you at WrestleMania. Okay, you got it. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> All right, didn't take much convincing. You got me. <laughs> oh, 
Oh, that's right. That's right. That's, <laughs> oh, that's, that's, right, that's, that's right. right. That's that's what that feels like. Yeah. Oh, you got it. That's right. <laughs> it was like I'm not going to give you what you want, Dave. So stop asking. Okay, I'll give you what you want. It it, it it was it made me laugh. I was like, well, this is ridiculous. Oh god! I don't think that's what they were going for, but it, it worked. No, no, no. And you know what? There are not many people that appreciate unintentional comedy more than me. <laughs> so I did enjoy that. And maybe other than that, the the other big takeaway I had from it, I do salute Triple H for asking <laughs> Dave if he was just going to stand up there and be a nose ring model. <laughs> Because we've been talking about the nose ring, how weird it is, and yeah. how bizarre it is. He just randomly has his hoop in this his nose, blue hoop. And, yeah, and that that made me laugh that he said that. Yeah, and the whole Guardians of the Independent scene thing yeah. was funny, but that that, that promo was terrible. I was like, what do you like? <laughs> what do you want? Like, that's your boy. More like, I can understand if we knew initially what you wanted, and if he said that you blocked me from coming back for years, which is. A report that said like he's been wanting to come back for a long time, but they had nothing for him and didn't want him to. That's fine, but you're screaming, "Give me what I want for ten minutes!" Find out what you want. Like, oh yeah, you got it on my terms. <laughs> like, this so, was and the thing is, they like insinuated that because he ultimately said like, "Okay, that's what I wanted. I wanted like one last match to go out on my own terms." And it's like, oh, that's what you've been yelling about this whole time. But, like, it was never made clear beforehand yeah. what he wanted. You know? Like, him, they should have very much followed up him asking Hunter the first week, like, do I have your attention now? Like, follow up with, like, say that. Like, I wanted to uh, I wanted to come back last year. I wanted to come back the year before that. You guys have found a home for Goldberg. You found a home for all these guys. Everybody but me. Like, I've been making a name for myself in Hollywood. I've been in some of the biggest movies in the last three years. But they just didn't do any of that. There was so much there they could have dug into, and they just didn't. Maybe he's jealous. Yeah, and then, like, even... Flair did. <laughs> maybe. Maybe that's what he really wanted. <laughs> yeah, it, even, even, like, he back at SmackDown... He party. <laughs> yeah, even um, at SmackDown 1000, he could have just said, Hey, Hunter, I want to come back. He, he'd say no and blow him off then. That would make more sense. But... And the funny thing is, they've done this story with Triple H before. They did it with, they did it with Kevin Nash. That's, that was one reason Nash attacked Punk. Because Triple H wouldn't let him come back after he got that huge pop at the Royal Rumble. That Did something year. happen with Batista at SmackDown 1000 or no? He pointed out to Triple H that you never beat me. Mm, and I, that's and right. after that show, I was like, you know this is the WrestleMania match. Yeah. And Triple H ain't losing. Because so this is this is Triple H's Hogan versus Warrior in WCW. Like I'm getting yeah. this win back. <laughs> I hope they don't think, use flare paper, whatever they call it. You think Batista comes out uh, in green? He should. He definitely should. That'd be amazing. Um, Just for uh, yeah, I would love it if he did that. A green nose ring, <laughs> bright green nose ring, bright green shoes, yeah. trunks, yeah. So, Alo, does this go upwards from here, or does this keep going downwards from here? This goes in the tub. <laughs> it's hard to imagine going any further down, though. So, Like I said, I at least got some laughs out of it. I was at least entertained, not in the way they intended, but I did laugh. Yeah. Um, anything else from yeah, the— We need a— We need what? Yeah, we need a, we need to wash this away. This, this, this was, <laughs> that was horrible. Uh, anything else from the weekly stuff that needs to be discussed, or is that pretty yes. much everything that matters? Well, what I mean, I, I'll go into I, I uh, good. Oh, you, yes, you got go ahead, some. Joey. You got some good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I meant to send you this and make sure you watch it because I know you wouldn't watch <laughs> it. But uh, Randall. Yeah, uh, yeah. Clock. I definitely didn't watch it. <laughs> no, you didn't watch it. Golf club. No, I made that a, a point. Is that it, Joey? Yeah. Yeah, rent. This is actually good. Pat, really I'm not even good. joking. Really good. This is really good. I was going to say, does it bring sense. any? I was going to ask him, does it bring any element of interest to the match? I know how he feels about Randall. <laughs> yeah, because this actually makes sense. It was it was basically off the all the it was basically saying that how AJ Styles says this is the house that AJ Styles built, but Orton was here in 2002, and while ran down his track, record. he was he was headlining WrestleMania. Yeah, he was headlining WrestleMania. He was he was getting a tan with Dixie Carter, <laughs> and uh. And stuff, and then he was saying, which are independent, which are indie boys, and then 
AJ was saying, well, you're surrounded by my indie boys now, and you wouldn't cut it on the indies with a with a knock up with a knock off diamond cutter. <laughs> he said, yeah, while you were while you were out there being handed everything, I was out here earning everything. You wouldn't have made it on the indie circle. Hmm. He's like, I didn't have help. Randall's like, Randy's yeah. like, what help? He's like, well, I seem to remember this club. I remember, I, I still remember Evolution. I remember, and just ran through them. So this was good on both ends for both guys. It pitted, it pitted a next generation wrestler who's like kind of birthed into this situation, the WWE versus an independent. So it was like those two kind of wrestling circles are pitted against each other. Like, so there's a little bit of similarity to like the, the Cena and AJ aspect where like one guy has been at the pinnacle all this time. And it took the other guy this long to get here. And now he wants to show yeah. like I was better than you all along anyway. Yeah, yeah. The only problem is the problem is that is that we know that AJ Styles is forty one years old, forty forty one right. years old. Right. That's, that's the only problem with this. But and then um, AJ AJ said about the knockoff diamond card that you stole. And Randy says you never stole nothing. And then he throws <laughs> up a too sweet. <laughs> <laughs> all all right. right. It was so great. I'm not joking. This was this. I will. Was, I will say really right good. now. I give Randall credit for that, and I know Godfather of the Matt Madness podcast, Joe Laugh, who does not do the too sweet, would appreciate that as well. <laughs> He's on record as, I don't do that. I don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, you guys convinced me. Somebody text me when we're done tonight to watch that. I will make it a point to watch it. Um Because if you guys are championing it this much, I feel like I should... It, it deserves the few minutes it was, that yeah, it was, take to watch. It was a good segment, and it kind of gives you interest of, in the match. Okay, I'll do that. Um, Alo, you want to introduce the Indie Inquiry? Yes. So this week's Indie Inquiry, even though we didn't announce it last week, this one is inspired by last week's episode. We didn't have one, and then Pash Axe for one, and I just popped the light bulb in my head when I was like, oh. We talked about this last week. Let's bring it up this week. You should probably get that checked out if you have a light bulb in your head. <laughs> yeah, so this week's in the inquiry is Jungle Boy, son of Luke Perry, versus DJ Z at GCW 400 Degrees. Um, I'll go first on this one. First thing I'll say is this dude is way more of an athlete than I was anticipating. Like yeah, I, yes. I knew nothing <laughs> about him. I had which guy, Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy. Like I had, I knew yeah. nothing about him. I never even heard of him until after Luke Perry passed away, and they mentioned that his son was a wrestler. It's the first time I heard of him. I did not yeah, expect I think him. W too. Yeah, he did. Didn't expect him to be such a great athlete. Uh, it's funny who for a guy who's the son of a heartthrob back in the nineties. He seems to be following in his father's footsteps. You heard the girls cheering every time he did something during the match. He had a gorgeous head of hair. A lock of hair. Yeah. Are you jealous? Are you the jealous? sideburns would definitely make his father proud. A father also known for his sideburns. He had some serious sideburns. But, I, like, I don't know how old he is. I don't know if he's, like, a real young kid. But I, he was really good. He was better than I expected, way better of an athlete than I thought. Uh, and I'm very much looking forward to seeing where this guy's career goes. I thought the match was fun. Obviously, both guys were great athletes. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. This, this was like a nice little like pleasant surprise. It was almost like a hidden gem that I didn't expect to didn't expect to see. So Jungle Boy, I might like Jungle Boy just as much as Jungle Girl now. Halo, <laughs> uh, what did you think? Yeah. Just like you, I didn't know what to expect when I watched it because I didn't know about it until Prep said something. And then after his passing, everybody started posting about Jungle Boy and stuff and p- pictures of Luke and him together with other wrestlers. So I didn't know what to expect. And right when I turned it on, the bell rang. I was like, wow, I didn't expect this at all. Hell, hell of an athlete that kid is. And so fluent so fluent in the ring. And I, I actually can't wait to see what he does with AEW. Like, I'm really excited to see what he does because I was, I was really impressed during that match. Yeah, like, because he's, I don't want to say necessarily he's, like, built like his father, but he's kind of like this slender, has, like, that yeah. slender physique. Yeah, I, I was, like, blown away. That Like, the first within the first minute, I was like, whoa, that's yeah. not what I saw coming at all. Luke Perry's yeah. son. 
Yeah. <laughs> Joey, did you get a chance to watch it? Or? Yeah, yeah, I watched it. Um, it was a pretty good match. It was entertaining. Like I said, Jungle Boy was all over the place, which was fun. Um, the other res- wrestler, DJZ, we had A, B, C, D, E, F, G, <laughs> was entertaining as well. Uh, the match started out really high-paced, a lot of good exchanges, and it kind of slowed down with uh, DJ kind of taking over. Um, kind of transitioned back to a couple maneuvers where I, I couldn't even tell who actually landed right. the hit. Was you weren't sure whose offense they, it was. Yeah, they just bounced <laughs> off each other, and I was like, oh, who's in control? <laughs> but overall, it was a pretty good match. Yeah. Like, would I say it was up there with... That reverse hair chrono was pretty interesting. It was. Yeah, like, from just a match perspective, I wouldn't say, like, oh, that was, like, a classic match. But I just walked away really, really impressed. And I think he's definitely a legitimate prospect, and I'm happy to see that he's going to get a chance to to be with a company as significant as, as AEW. Um, did we have any listener questions? Yes, we got a, a late question because Facebook was down and Instagram went down today. So we have a question from co-host Josh Parpigina. He's 21-22. Mm-hmm. Jungle boy. Is he really? Okay. Like 21, yeah, so he's got a long career ahead of him. Yeah, but the first thing I saw was with Cyber. It's like, whoa, I want a tribute. <laughs> All right. We've heard names like Brooklyn Brawler and Sassy Southern Bell. If you had to create a name with your home in the title, what would it be? So I've given this a little bit of thought because you did mention this to me before the show. Based on my general negative attitude that I've had for our very recent past, I think I'm going to have to go with the Delco dickhead. (laughs) (laughs) Joey, are you sticking with CK and Joe or do you have something better? Well, I mean, obviously (laughs) it's pretty easy I'd go CK and Joe, but um, I thought about it after the question. If I I had to do something right off the the top of my head, I'd go with the Clifton kid. Okay. (laughs) I like that for you. (laughs) Alo, do you have something? Uh, Yeah. It's kind of hard. I'm trying to put some Brooklyn slander together. Uh. Hmm. Dead ass. Dead ass. <laughs> <laughs> you know the New York slang, dead ass? I do. <laughs> He's dead ass. Dead ass. Kill on her, Lord. I feel like we need to bookmark that question to ask Akin Prep next week. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that required a lot of thought. <laughs> yeah, I may even have something better than the one I had tonight, next week, but I guess we'll see. So, Prep, thank you for the question. Uh, anything else that we feel needs to be addressed in the world of wrestling? Oh, uh, I think we got everything else in there because we talked about Randall. It yeah. is it, his shiny moment. You're going to watch that and you're going to watch an episode of Ms. and Mrs. Yes, within I, a two I have week, homework. Within a two-week yeah. span. <laughs> yes. yes, I have homework for the next... Two out of the next three weeks. Looking forward to it. Uh, so I guess that is everything. Um, Alo, do you want me to invite LeBron or no? You know, I've been doing a lot of thinking. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm letting the, the reins off of him a little bit. Because it, it, it's a group problem. Yeah. You know, uh, like... Luke, Luke, he has, he didn't know how to handle the rotation. Uh, um, like I, I said that on our preview episode a while in, um, before the season started, that rotation is going to be interesting because you might get somebody playing twenty minutes, then he might not play the next game. So he has that problem on his hands, injuries. Um, they trade Zubox. <laughs> yeah, they trade Zubox for Mike Muscala, who doesn't, who who hardly gets on the floor. He's he sucks. Hasn't hit a three all year. No, you don't believe. like him. Trade Muscala back. We use the best part. The best part was when that happened, like, what the what the hell? Like, Muscala, they just went for the Hawks. He's horrible. (laughs) He is terrible. I mean, you traded Zubox for him? Really? And uh, and he played that one game when he first got there against the Sixers, did nothing. Mm -hmm. Jack Brook threes. And then. Watching the Lakers against the Celtics last last Saturday, and even um again seeing the Hodge from the Bulls, the combination of Mo, Wag- Mo Wagner and uh, Jonathan Williams 
those guys actually want to play. And they actually gave them a little spark, even though they lost to the Celtics. They were actually in that game until the latter portion of it. And Mo Wagner ended up scoring 22 points. Jonathan Williams had 19 points. Like, it's actually nice seeing some, some, some Lakers actually want it and not be all about themselves or the ego. Yeah, all right. So you've lifted the ban on LeBron for now. Long story short. He can, well, put this, put it this way. He can actually sit. He can have a chair now. Okay. Last week, he went to stand. Now he has a chair. All right, LeBron. So you heard it. We have a chair for you this week if you'd like to come on, or I assume the, the, the entire offseason. Uh, Joel Embiid, come and trust the process with Matt Madness. You are always welcome. Um, subscribe on iTunes. Please leave a five-star rating and review. Congratulations to Harlem Heat for getting inducted into the Hall of Fame. Uh, I believe that is it for Mr. Sexy Punta Cana, then now forever. Been there, said that. Yes. All Systems Joe, C.K. and Joe Rottermel. For Mr. Wednesday Night Live, we call him Alo. The ladies call him Balo, Aaron Lloyd. I am Ron Pashery Jr., and we will see you next week. Hop on the top rope, by the land with his elbow. Got him now, put him down right now, hit him with the palm handle. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. This is Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again, fans mocking man. Man, I hate my balls, shut the Vince McMahon. It ain't safe to land, off the cell. Fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome well. What I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.